The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad. Let's head to Washington now where Foreign Affairs Minister Christia Freeland is going to give us an update on NAFTA negotiations. So we're waiting for Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister, Christia Freeland, to uh, start addressing the crowd um, uh, in English. Um, but we are expected to hear very shortly that the intense day-long talks with her American counterpart are growing, progressing well, but they're going to take a break for the long weekend and resume next week. And we are making progress. We're not there yet. This is a very complex agreement, and we are going to continue working at it. As we've said from the outset, our objective in these talks is to update and modernize NAFTA in a way that is good for Canadians, good for Americans, and good for Mexicans. We know that a win-win-win agreement is within reach, and that's what we're working towards. With goodwill and flexibility on all sides, I know we can get there. But as certainly the Canadians here have heard me say before, I'm paid in Canadian dollars. And my job is to ensure that this agreement works for Canadian workers, Canadian families, and Canadian business. The Government of Canada will not sign an agreement unless it's good for Canada and good for Canadians. And just in conclusion and before answering your questions, I'd like to thank Ambassador Lighthizer and his team. They have worked hard and in good faith with us for more than a year, including some very intense days this week. We've made good progress, but there's still work to be done. We'll pass to questions now. Please identify yourself and your outlet. We'll do uh, questions from the line here. Uh, one question, no follow-ups. If you want to follow up, uh, get back in line. Thanks. <laughs> Uh, Josh Wingrove with Bloomberg News. I wanted to ask you whether... I recognize you, Josh. Hi, Prime Minister. Uh, I wanted to ask you what your message to the U.S. Congress is now, and whether Canada believes that President Trump would have the authority under today's notification to proceed with a bilateral-only deal, or whether he would need Canada to proceed. You know, when it comes to the U.S. legislative process, that's really a question for the Americans and our American counterparts to answer and to sort out. That's that's a message for the that's a question for the Americans and and it, it's really that that's their issue. Hi, Julie Gordon from Reuters. Do you recognize me as well? I do. Okay, good. <laughs> um, I, I I mean we keep hearing that Chapter 19 and Dairy are are the two main sticking points. Uh, which of those two is not negotiable? And are there any other sticking points or things you can tell us about? 
so as I said uh, to the hardy reporters who were camped out outside USTR earlier this week, uh, Ambassador Lighthizer and I agreed that given the absolute intensity of the negotiations right now, we wouldn't be negotiating in public. So I'm not going to talk about specific issues. Uh, uh, Sorry, Lawrence. Uh, Mackenzie Gray from CTV. Uh, President Trump had said that today was a deadline for the NAFTA negotiations. It seems like they can continue going forward on Wednesday. Are there any real deadlines to make sure that there is a NAFTA deal? And if so, what is that deadline? For Canada, the focus is on getting a good deal. And once we have a good deal for Canada, we'll be done. Hi, Minister. Um, today, hi, Donald, Katie. Hi. Donald Trump confirmed that he made some comments off the record uh, suggesting that the U.S. would not compromise when it came to negotiating with Canada. I know that you're not going to get into details, but have you seen any movement from the Americans that would suggest that Donald Trump's characterization of the American negotiating tactics, that characterization is not accurate? Uh, as I said, uh, this week and from the beginning of the negotiation, uh, Ambassador Lighthizer and his team have been negotiating in good faith and with goodwill. Uh, this is a process that began more than a year ago. And, you know, we've done, we've made some progress. We've done some work together. Uh, I see Jerry Diaz here, so uh, I can't neglect to mention the car sector and the rules of origin. Uh, and our starting point uh, was a place where Canada and the U.S. were quite far apart in their proposals. Uh, but what we found as the negotiation went on is Canada and the United States shared a concern for our workers in the car sector who are high-wage workers who have felt that they can be disadvantaged by trade agreements. And one of the things that I think we are accomplishing in this agreement is a better deal for worker Canadian and U.S. workers in the auto sector. That's important. And that's been a success due to Canada and the United States working together and due to Mexico showing some significant flexibility over the summer. Stephanie Dew with CNBC. So you mentioned the auto sector. Um, how difficult is the pharmaceutical sector and the provisions that would cause uh, Canadian drug prices to rise? Is that a key sticking point? Again, I've said we're not going to negotiate in public. Uh, when it comes to the Canadian positions on issues, I think our positions are pretty clear and pretty well known. Okay. Hi, Adrian. Hi, Christia. How can you possibly negotiate with a guy like Donald Trump who says that he's not going to give any ground? That's not a negotiation, is it? Like, how could you possibly make a deal with someone like that? My negotiating counterparty is Ambassador Lighthizer. Uh, and as I said, uh, he has brought good faith and goodwill to the table. Um, as I also said, it is going to take flexibility on all sides to get to a deal in the end. And what I can speak to is the Canadian position. And I really want to assure Canadians that we're working hard to get a good deal. We are confident that a win-win-win deal is possible. And we're always going to stand up for the national interest and for Canadian values. Okay. Uh, je, ce que je peux dire, You've je peux assurer les Canadiens to... que 
Canada's Foreign Affairs Minister, Chrystia Freeland, uh, talking about the status of trade talks in Washington, um, as expected. She's saying they're going to take a break for the long weekend and talks will resume on Wednesday. She has said that they are working hard, they will continue to work at it, that her objective is to to update and modernize NAFTA and come up with a with a deal that is good for Canada, for US and Mexico. And, but she went on to say that the government of Canada will not sign an agreement that is not good for Canadians. She says it's going to take goodwill. It is going to take flexibility on all sides. Now, uh, you heard uh, one of the reporters talk about how can you negotiate with someone like Donald Trump, who earlier today admitted to making off-the-record remarks saying, quote, the U.S. is in total command of NAFTA talks and that it will make no compromises to reach a deal with uh, Canada. But uh, the foreign affairs minister saying, hey... The person that I'm doing the talks with right now is Ambassador Lighthizer, and uh, we continue these talks in good faith, but again, use the word flexibility, that it will take flexibility. Um, When asked about specific issues, we've been hearing about uh, Chapter 19 um, and uh, and dairy products. So some of the sticking points, yes, the deal... um, the dairy industry, the U.S. wants Canada to reduce tariffs on dairy products as well as Chapter 19, which is a guideline for dispute resolutions. Uh, Canada is pushing for trade disputes to go to a tribunal rather than to Congress or the presidents in, or, or uh or the president in order to balance power. Um, She said she's not going to negotiate in public, refuses to do so, um, and um, that the intensity remains there. And she's not going to speak to specific issues at this point. When we talked about the deadline, the president, President Trump, had said today was the deadline, but you know and I know that deadlines pass like a towel flapping in the wind. You can just feel it go by every once in a while. And she says... When, when she was asked if there is a real deadline, she says as far as she is concerned, uh, when she gets a good deal, that is when they will be done. So again, uh, NAFTA talks, not NAFTA talks, trade talks in Washington, uh, taking a break for the long weekend will resume on Wednesday. We'll keep you updated throughout the afternoon right here on 630 Chat. on the 6.30 Chad Afternoon News, the Friday edition, the Friday before a long weekend, Chadville. Hope you're having a good one. Um, Once again, trade talks will resume next week, next Wednesday. Eileen will have the very latest, the 3 o'clock news. We're going to uh, shift gears here this afternoon. Um... This might get your attention. It might not be too surprising given the weather in the last couple of days or certainly the last week. But the Farmer's Almanac has has released its prediction for winter. And hey, it's telling us to brace for a chilly one. The editor of the Almanac joins us this afternoon from Lewiston, Maine. Hi, Peter Geiger. Hey, hi, back at you. I, yes, we're, we're calling for a cold winter. You've been saying teeth-chatteringly cold. Come on. Today from Alberta asked me, like, what is cold? And so... 
I said it's subjective. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we start, you know, when you start using words like teeth chatteringly cold or bite, bitingly cold, I mean, yeah. I guess those are descriptive, but um, you yeah, know, I think it's going to be cold. I hate to tell you this, but it's cold. You know what? In Edmonton, though, we're kind of used to it. I mean, minus, minus oh, 30, minus 35, <laughs> minus 40 sometimes. It's, uh, it's like, oh, okay, we just put another jacket on and off we go. Well, that's, well, that's interesting you say that because there's one point during the winter that we say that the coldest temperatures are expected during February when minus yeah. 40 to mm-hmm. minus 45 are possible. That's usually when That's it happens, cold. is February. You know what, Peter, can I ask you a couple of questions yeah. um, sure. specifically about the Almanac? Because sure. um, how long have you been editor there for? I'm glad you asked me that, because this is my 40th year wow. of being being on the cover. I was on for about 15 years with my dad uh, as the associate editor, 25 years doing it with Sandy Duncan, who's my managing editor. And uh, so we... And, and actually, she and I created the retail edition. There's, there's, um, had always been a, an edition given away by businesses, but in the United States, but in Canada, in the United States, in uh, 1995, we started a retail edition. So this is our 20, I think it's our 25th edition, and um, it's got a green orange cover, just so that people understand yep. that there's more than one. Yep. And we're online, and we got so many people, particularly from Canada, that, that deal with us online. So farmersalmanac.com, social media. <laughs> we, we just, we just at the 1.2 million Facebooks this week. Wow. We have a lot, of, a lot of interest in the forecast, I hate to say. Yeah. But it does, it does look a bit, I hate to say gloomy for you, but I think the worst part of Canada is going to be the prairies. Well, and we do, we, we're we do talk, we, you know, we talk about it snow early in December. We talk about snow March 27th, uh, 24th to the 27th. So, both ends of the spectrum, I think. Wow, wow, well, we had a long winter last year, that's for sure. Yes. Tell me who makes these predictions. How do they come up with them? What, yeah. do, they, what do they look sure. at? Well, we, we've given the, na- the pseudonym of Caleb Weatherby to the person. We, we, we had identified the person up until Caleb and then decided that it's so traumatic when somebody dies that we should just have a pseudonym. So it's Caleb Weatherby. He's been doing it for <laughs> probably 25 years. He uses a mathematical formula that is applied to sunspot activity, planet positions, the effect that the moon has on the Earth, and this allows us to do our predictions two years in advance. Okay. Now, I'm doing them for all of Canada, all of the United States, and we break it into zones because weather doesn't begin and end on, at provinces and, and so forth. So, um, But we do it in three-day segments, and I think we do a pretty good job, and we're doing it two years in advance. So oh. sometimes I will take credit for a snowstorm if it happens the day after I say it will happen. <laughs> <laughs> that's just, but that's just me. Peter, come um, on! Yeah. A lot of a lot of meteorologists have troubles getting the you know the five day <laughs> forecast right, let alone two years in advance. Well, I, I, I don't knock the lo- I don't knock them anymore. <laughs> well, some of them knock me, but that's okay. I don't mind. But so, no, seriously, I think I think we do a pretty good job. And it's you know, if you want to get married next July, where are you going to go for that information? Or if you're planning a vacation next June, so it's in the it's in the Canadian Farmers Almanac, and uh, we try to do it. And we do it with some science, and I think we do a pretty good job. Um, have then you have then you ever kind then of then that is me toting? <laughs> of course it is, and why not? Um, have you ever kind of gone back and looked at um, your accuracy mm-hmm. rate? Well, pe- people will tell us that we're somewhere between seventy-five and eighty-five percent accurate. And I had somebody, a meteorologist in um, Arkansas, tell me that we were sixty-eight percent accurate. But he said, "But you're one hundred percent accurate for last winter." I said, "Oh, thank you for telling yeah. me that because." Winter is the most important season. Um, yeah, so uh, some people do. Some people make comments, um, and and once in a while, a meteorologist will will test us. Um, but we do we do okay. I mean, some and then some people just hate us. I mean, some meteorologists hate us. They they think it's it's all fooey fooey, but it's not really. 
it's 200 years that we've been doing this. Mm-hmm. We, do it for, we do it, I think, because it's important. Um, I don't, if, if I had my druthers, I would talk about all the other things that are in the, in the almanac than, than just the weather, but weather is, is what catches our attention. But there's all kinds of, there's, you know, for everybody who hunts and fish, fish they can go on our, our website and get information, and, and there's all these helpful hints and hack, life hacks that make life better for people. And that's really what the almanac started to be in, back in the 1800s, and, it's, and to some degree it still is. I mean, it's, the weather's nice, but there's a, so much more to the publication that I just want people to understand that there's yeah. more to it than just... Well, you know what, Peter? I was on the website today, and I was going through it, and I was going, yeah, gosh, there is a whole lot more in there than just the weather or, you know, the moon phases or whatever that is. When you talk about the life hacks, there's some really great stories in there as well. Okay, just circling back around to weather, though, for a second. Sure. Yes, (laughs) Um, absolutely. I am here for you. I am here for you. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. What Um, would you like? What what would you like? Well, no, you just mentioned about the cold, so cold through the prairies. What about, and did, did we touch on snow? Did we take a closer look at snow? And what we're, what we're oh yeah, at um, I think I think we we are saying that it's going to be more normal amounts of snow. So that's, for you, that's like 123 centimeters, I think. Um, but there is a storm that we talk about. Um, for example, December 24th to the 27th, we talk about 30 centimeters of snow. The 24th. Um, you know, it's really hard two years in advance to say exactly how many <laughs> how many centimeters, how many inches, or how many feet you're going to get of, of snow. We talk about a big storm um, that's going to hefty amounts of snow. If you can define hefty for me, that would be good. Uh, January 8th to the 11th. Okay. Uh, so we have to use some descriptives because, again, two years in advance is hard to, okay. hard to say. But is we this for... Heavy, heavy, mountain, heavy mountain snow January 1st, uh, February 1st to the 3rd. So okay, but mountain snow, we're four hours from the mountains. So are, are we talking Edmonton? Or are we talking just northern Alberta? Are we talking about... Um, can okay, you? that one. Well, that one specifically says says mountain snow. Oh, okay, yeah. The other, the other two are more generally across the, across the whole prairie. So okay, I am. I say you're going to get it. We're going to get it. Okay, at some point, it's a big. It's a big range. I hope it doesn't show up on the 24th to the 27th. I'm going on holidays on the 27th. Have to get a have to catch a plane oh, that day. Turned. Get, get your get your snowblower going. <laughs> hey, you know what, Peter? I want to thank you for hanging out. I know we had planned to talk yeah. a little bit earlier, but that news conference pushed us back. I appreciate that on Friday oh, afternoon that you were pleasure. able to Anytime. stick around. Yeah, thank you so well, much. Thank you. I wish you. I wish you a. Not so cold winter, but I'm afraid it will be. <laughs> okay, thanks, Peter. Appreciate <laughs> Thank that. Take it easy, Peter Geiger. This afternoon from the Farmers Almanac. Okay, really. It's going to be cold right across the prairies. We're going to get a snowstorm across the prairies. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Ugh. Big snow. Well, there's a difference between mountain snow and snow in northern... But does anyone use the almanac? Any additions? There's a couple of different ones out there. There's the old farmer's almanac. There's this one, the farmer's almanac. Does anyone actually use these things? And, and have they been of been accurate in any way whatsoever like I, I don't mean to be oh I am I'm going to poo-pooing on it like how do you say it's just going to be cold right across the prairies and you're going to have big snow big snow right across the prairies from the 24th to the 27th anyway okay there's that if you want to find out more about that uh, it's farmersalmanac.com now having said that you know that we oftentimes have David Phillips who is the senior climatologist for Environment Canada on this show he is one of our favorite guests he is poo-pooing the Farmer's Almanac. He is saying, uh-uh. In fact, he is predicting a milder weather 
Listen to this. He says that we're going to get a milder than normal winter this year because of El Nino. Um, He said the lead up to winter will also be kind to those who love the warmth because uh, he says we're expecting a gradual transition from summer to fall, although it seemed like the other shoe dropped uh, last week and it just turned into fall. He says um, the warmer than normal summer summer that Canadians enjoyed this uh, summer uh, allowed lakes to heat up, the rivers to heat up, oceans to heat up, and that those bodies of water will continue to admit some of the lingering heat in the coming weeks, which will lead to some comfortable fall temperatures. And he says that weather patterns have become more more complicated um, because of jet streams and melting ice and all that sort of stuff. But when it comes right down to it, guess what? He says it's pretty much like a crapshoot. Really? Surprise, surprise. Predicting weather? Hmm. Uh, Environment Canada, by the way, releasing its official fo- forecast tomorrow, September 1st. Uh, break here when we come back. Anita McDonald from Coleman's Market Garden Greenhouse is going to be joining us on the phone. If you have a question about your lawn, about fertilizing, about trees, about bushes, about how you should be getting ready for fall around your place, gardening, pickling, whatever it is, text me right now at 630-630. We'll ask Anita after the three o'clock news. The 630 Chad Afternoon News with Jaylen Nye and Andrew Gross. Weekdays at 2 on 630 Chad.